I'm Ken Epsuck, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. We have a lot to talk about today and this week, looking at Season 7, our favorite moments, our favorite little scenes, and looking ahead to Season 8, and answering some fun, crazy, wild questions, like this one from Wolfgang Koppenhofer, who reached out to me on Twitter using the hashtag Daily Thrones and said, who would win a battle between the Rohirrim and the Dothraki? It's a Lord of the Rings versus GOT fantasy fight. So let's start that day. This the, I'll start our day with that question, and you guys can answer during the day as well. Who would win that battle? My instinct is to go to the Dothraki, but I guess it's about size advantage, army size, with the Dothraki marching in with 40,000 Dothraki screamers. The Rohirrim have any allies? Did they have more than three days to muster alliances, press gang people into the battle? On an equal playing field with an equal number, the Rohirrim are crazy brave. They charge at Oliphant. They charge into uh, orcs. They are nearly fearless. But so are the Dothraki. The Rohirrim just might have more strategy to their moves more thought to what they're about to do and that might push the advantage to the Dothraki as we saw in season 7 Fields of Fire 2 the loot train battle Dothraki almost see this as practice so would the Dothraki arrogance in this situation cost them or would their recklessness their wild nature their free nature just like we're going to have some fun in a fight would that be to their advantage Rohirrim have strategy. Rohirrim have organization. But would that be to their disadvantage? Would they be forming ranks when the Dothraki are just charging? In the end, I think I'm going with the Dothraki in a giant battle royal fight to the end. What do you guys think? It's a fun question to start. We got some calls ready here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. You were talking about Melisandre and Varys' scene, uh, you and Eric were, about uh, in Season 7. And it got me thinking. I was like, well, what if, uh, what if the, the first thing we see in Season 8 is a cold open of whatever Melisandre's doing uh, in Volantis, or maybe she's on her way back, maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe we find that out. And then that got me thinking, the most intriguing episodes of the series I find, and it's not all, I mean, it's not specifically just these episodes, but the ones that I'm always intrigued by are the ones that have the cold open. There's a few of them, just a few. And I really like when they do it. And I really kind of hope, and it probably won't happen, but I really hope we get all cold opens in season eight what about you are you a fan of the cold opens for the episodes hey mark from mark talk here on anchor calling in guys check out his station and he's got a great question and a topic about the cold opens i love the cold open episodes whether it's tywin burning down ice into two swords the hound the reveal of the hound even aria and the phrase uh, going back to the first episode the cold open north of the wall jor mormont also opening up season three where it's time to inspire the night's watch to get back to the wall or everyone they've ever known will die i love that i love the cold opens 
So yeah, season eight's called open because I'm sure there's going to be one. It's going to be pretty intriguing. I like Mark's idea of Melisandre. Uh, whatever she's doing, maybe we learn right away. Whatever's going on, whatever she's up to over in Essos, does it uh, f- factor in over what's going on in Westeros and the new War for the Dawn? I would like to get that reveal early and that a cold open is away. I have a feeling, though, the cold open could be the coming army of the Night King. Uh, maybe right away we learn what breaking through the wall meant where they went we'll get some answers pretty fast but at the end of the day love those cold opens and if we were to have several cold opens or all six episodes be cold opens uh this this uh, season this final season i'd be very happy what do you guys think about cold opens and what's a possible cold open for season eight hey ken so the next moment i want to talk about in season seven comes from not just my favorite episode of the season, but one of my favorite episodes of this of the entire series, the Spoils of War, because that just that end action set piece is just for me it's just so phenomenal. And the moment I want to talk about is before the action actually starts, and it's the look of fear in Jamie's face. So you know they they, they see the Darthraki coming, and you know uh, Braun tells them you know just just go go back to King's Landing, but Jamie's like no, I'm staying with my men. Shows bravery, but then when he sees Danny and Drogon, he has this look of fear on his face that is just unbelievable. Just such good acting, like like because Jamie has never seen a dragon, so for him to see this spectacle had to be quite a shock for him, as it was probably for all his troops and for Bronn. And it was just an incredible moment, followed by an amazing set piece. Hey Ken, it's Vic. Just checking in. As we run through our favorite Season 7 moments, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of mine, which is right at the start of that great battle scene in Spoils of War. It's that moment when Bronn is trying to convince Jaime to go back to King's Landing, and Jaime is refusing to abandon his army, and trying to convince himself that they can hold off the Dothraki. And then you hear that giant roar, and Jaime gives this look of horror, confusion, and amazement as he sees Drogon flying in and then that realization kicks in that they really have no chance whatsoever in this fight. I just love that moment so much. More specifically that look that Nikolai Custerwalla gives to the camera I thought was just one of the most brilliant oh shit moments the show has ever had. The Spoils of War, Fields of Fire 2. To some of us, the loot train battle to the producers. Episode 4 of Season 7 was one of the best in the show's history. I fear, though, the more you watch it, maybe the show's value will fall a little bit, will will fall down the chart simply because nothing can replace the first time you saw that episode. I was breathless. The episode ended and, and it went to black Jamie in the water, and I just couldn't move. I don't think I felt that way since Ned Stark lost his head, quite frankly, quite honestly. Yeah, the Red Wedding left you with that feeling too, but this was different. The Red Wedding, this dread had started to build. Uh, With Ned Stark, it was sudden, but with spoils of war in this loot train battle, it built. It built much like Hardhome, but then it amped it up a little bit more. 
I think that's because we were invested in both sides. But it is, as Vic and Eric have both called in at the same time to say, said, look on Jamie's face. It is this, oh, no, but what am I watching? Because it's the view we had since season one, the latest episode 10 of season one. But along the way with those dragon eggs and talks of dragons, we wanted to see the dragons in action, especially if you started reading the Game of Thrones history books and seeing some of the uh, fan art and artwork that showed uh, Malarian the Dread and all these dragons of the past. We wanted to see that. And then when Danny uh, finally rides off at the end of season five, we got to see Drogon in action a little bit and the dragons got bigger. We, we wanted to see them in action. And a lot of people thought this season seven would be the season that we finally see all-out war with the dragons there. So it's a big, giant epic moment right i keep saying that epic game of thrones is epic and it is but it is built on these little moments that's why i'm having this ongoing discussion about it like vic and eric say i think it builds it builds the simple conversation between jamie and Bronn, which says a lot about themselves uh it's a great moment their relationship is interesting and then it's Bronn saying Shh, you hear that and you're thinking are we doing this already? We're not building to some season finale or something to take place in the penulti- penultimate episode of season seven. We're seeing this now. Oh, my. It's happening. So Jamie's amazement becomes our amazement. Just quickly turns to dread. And we are invested in both sides. So the war, the sequence, the set piece, it's, it's all based on these little moments. I love personally Tyrion questioning his loyalty realizing maybe he's questioning his loyalty a little bit more than he was prepared, a little bit more than he thought he would when he sees his men, essentially, being slaughtered by the Dothraki, who are his team, so to speak. It's a weird moment for him, and it's great. And the watching is Jamie's about to die. Uh, But even before that, Braun trying to launch... The Scorpion at Drogon, and it's Drogon versus Braun, and you're thinking, no, I can't have Drogon die, and I can't have Braun die. That whole episode is built upon the back and the strength of these little moments. You're right, Vic, you're right, Eric. Jamie's face tells a story. Tells a story of us as much as it does the characters. And that is why we keep coming back to Game of Thrones. Daily Thrones will be back tomorrow. Your favorite season seven moments. Answer any questions you want or propose the question of the day. We're going to start doing that as we transition out of our season by season look at the best moments and scenes. Don't forget the daily podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and the Anchor app. That's where you can call in and talk to me here on Daily Thrones.